here we are. If you hear my voice, you're tuned into the FBTV podcast. That means that today is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, we get together every Wednesday morning. Well, every Wednesday, I should say, whenever you tune in, that's up to you. You could do it uh, on Wednesday morning. You could do it on Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, whatever. But we post one of these FBTV podcasts. We post it up every Wednesday. We get together for about a half hour. We talk about things trucking. We talk about things freight brokering. We talk about things that have nothing to do with either. <laughs> we have a topic every week. Today's topic is going to be Q&A. comes in from Colette. She's wanting to know if there's a specific way to approach a shipper on a code call. So this could interest a lot of you today. That's going to be our topic today. We'll be talking about that uh, coming up. Last week, it was brought to my attention we did not do an impossible question. So we're going to fix that right now. This week, today's impossible question, 230 million pounds of paper is used in America each year for this purpose. And I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. You could be right, maybe wrong. It's what I thought. First thing popped into my mind, COVID a few years ago. It was not on the shelves. People were buying it and were hoarding it. <laughs> Whatever they were doing with it. Hey, you got a birthday today. Happy birthday to you. You're in good company. H.G. Wells, author, historian, Time Machine, War of the Worlds. Born on this day back in 1866. Larry Hagman, Night Dream of Genie, J.R. Ewing, Dallas. He was born on this day back in 1931. Bill Murray. He's 72 today. Stripes, Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day. Got all three of the movies. All the Ghostbusters. I'm a big fan. <laughs> kind of tells you about me, huh? Nancy Travis. Three Men and a Baby. Last Man Standing. Having a birthday today. Rob Morrill, Northern Exposure. Quiz Show. Something else he was, seems to... Was, wasn't, wasn't he the one in uh, Numbers? Anyway, Ricky Lake don't seem like seems like she should be older. It says she's fifty four today. She's born on this date back in nineteen sixty eight. Luke Wilson, Owen's brother. Yeah, you've seen him. He's around. You, if you saw his face, you, you'd recognize him. He's having a birthday today. Born on this date back in nineteen seventy one. If you're having a birthday today, happy birthday to you too. You're in pretty good company. Nothing to sneeze at. That's for sure. What else? Oh, today is Miniature Golf Day, Pecan Cookie Day, and Pause the World Day. I'd like to have a rewind <laughs> the world, but uh, it is what it is. Got questions? Well, you can send them to us, maybe comments. Maybe you just want to send us a message. You can do that. We have an email address, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Obviously, contact forums on our website. You can reach out there. And we do have Skype, FBTV. Just do a search for FBTV. The world is a strange place anymore. <clears throat> have you noticed that? Fuel prices? Hey, if you haven't tuned in, uh, or if you haven't heard about it, you, you should hear about it. Every Tuesday, we do a YouTube update. Fuel and rate update. Put up a video every Tuesday on YouTube. You can check it out. But fuel prices, we're going to talk about those. Even though we put the video up, we're still going to talk about them here. 
Fuel prices are down. Diesel's down seven cents from last week. Uh, it's four ninety six a gallon on average. But we always, since the EIA had their problems here a while back with getting the uh, diesel prices posted every week because of whatever stuff they were doing, well, we had to turn to a different source. A lot of you know this already. We had to turn to uh, AAA. AAA, and since then, we've been comparing because we did see some uh, weird stuff going on uh, between diesel and the AAA, but they seem to have kind of got on the same page now. Anyway, diesel, according to the EIA, Energy Information Administration, 496 a gallon, AAA has it at 494. And a week ago, AAA had it at 507. So they're staying about level now. Uh, before, you could see a big discrepancy. It, it was uh, it was always lower. The fuel prices seemed to be lower with the EIA than uh, what AAA was saying. And Energy Information Administration is a government website. So, connect the dots. Anyway, still looking at diesel. Go back to a year ago. Diesel was three thirty nine a gallon. Go back two years, two forty a gallon. Yeah, we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> anyway, gasoline's down four cents a gallon this week, down to three sixty-five a gallon. Comparing that to uh, AAA, they're about in the ballpark. Three sixty-seven AAA has it. A week ago it was three eighty-four. So same period last year, according to the EIA, gasoline was three oh nine per gallon, and two years ago two oh eight per gallon. Ah, uh, uh, the good old days, just a couple of years ago. <laughs> Go figure, right? All right, what else is happening? Headlines, headlines, headlines. I had them here a moment ago. News headlines. This is where we pretty much get together, or we, we pull the headlines from actual news stories around the world. <laughs> and some of these are pretty wild. Nine-year-old finds a three-foot-long earthworm in his backyard. Three foot size. See, in the state, I think this was over in the Netherlands. I could be wrong. But uh, in the States, we'd call that a snake. <laughs> French Spider Man climbs Paris skyscraper to mark turning 60 years old. Yeah. Good for him. I could find better things to do at 60 than climb a skyscraper. I got a boat. Been taking that boat out quite a bit, too. We'll talk more about that after a while. Fishing in September is tough, at least in my part of the world. All right, here's something we absolutely don't need. Genetically modified purple tomatoes. <laughs> it's going to be available in the U.S. soon. Not for this cowboy. Nah. Nine-year-old finds a three-foot-long earthworm. Well, we already did that one. Yeah, we did that one. Why did that get in there twice? Anyway, so that's that's it. Nine-year-old finds a three-foot-long earthworm in his backyard. French Spider-Man climbs a Paris skyscraper to mark turning 60. And the purple tomato thing. Eh, anyway, not my cup of tea. All right, let's talk about a Q&A here for a moment. Q&A. Colette wrote in, Colette said, I am, a, I am a licensed freight broker, and I would like to know if there is a specific way to approach a shipper on a code call. Well, if you're a freight broker, 
99% of the time, the calls you make will all be code calls. That's how it's done. You pick up the phone, you dial a potential customer, get put through, and hopefully they will decide to use you as a broker. Specific way? No, you just do it. Just do it. Now, first things first, though. And this goes for you, too, if you're a trucking company trying to get uh, clients, customers, your own customers. If you're a trucking company, you've got, you've got to get your own customer base. That's where the money's going to be. It's not going to be using a broker for every load. If you try using a broker for every load, you're going to go backwards real quick. You may not know it until you need the cash, then 2020 hindsight, yeah, look at all that money I gave up to a broker where if you had your own customers, you'd be making that money, plus you'd be able to go down, go down and sit across the table and negotiate a contract. When I say negotiate a contract, you're going to negotiate your line hauls. You will negotiate your fuel surcharges. You'll negotiate your accessorial pay. What, what do I mean about accessorial? Detention time. Hmm? Tart pay, uh, extra stop pay, all that extra stuff that goes into uh, hauling a load for a potential customer. You can negotiate that. Where if you're a trucking company using a broker for 100% of your loads, man, you're going, you're giving up all that. You're, you're giving it up. The broker's not getting it either. You know, you should know. Uh, I'd say 99% of the brokers out there that are moving freight, they don't have contracts. I mean, in stone written contracts with their customers. It's a transactional contract. Transactional contracts is load per load. Get the idea? Not all, but most. If you're a large brokerage, where you've got uh, access to trucking companies and you know you can get trucks, that's a different story. But most, most working on a load-by-load basis. Now, and even if you're a trucking company, maybe you don't have enough trucks to go down to, go down to your customer and sit across the table and negotiate. You're still going to be making more money if you got the load direct from your customer. See what I mean? Because if you're dealing with the broker to get the same load, yeah, you know, 15, 20, 25%, whatever the broker's taking off the top of that load. So keep that in mind. But getting back to Colette, what you got to do, Colette, is uh, first of all, understand that you got to pick up the phone and make the call. Somebody's going to answer the phone at that customer. Understand that everyone needs access to shipping. Everyone, everyone needs access to shipping. From the driver calling in to get directions to uh, their customer, calling in to uh, find out information about their loads. So ask. Somebody answers the phone, if you don't know who's in charge, ask. Identify yourself, your company, and ask. Hey, who's in charge of shipping? More times than not, they'll be happy to tell you. Yeah, this John Doe, this Joe Bob, that's Billy Bob, you know, whoever. Hold on, I'll connect you. Now you know. Now you've got the first name. And, and you really want to make it personal from your very first contact. So let's throw out the Mr. and the Mrs. Let's make it personal. 
Hey, John. Hey, John, this is Mike. Hey, this is Mike Atalto. Get the idea? That's the best way to approach, because what you're wanting to do, over time, you're building that relationship. You're going to build that relationship with that customer. And you start that from the very first phone call by using their first name. That makes it personal. You can't get any more personal than that. Matter of fact, we talk about this quite a bit in training. We train uh, brokers and uh, trucking companies and broker agents and such with Daltoa. Matter of fact, if you didn't already know, you should. But if this is the first time you've tuned in to the FBTV podcast, maybe you don't. I am the lead consultant for Taltoa. Taltoa is a transportation and logistics training and consulting firm. We train, we consult, we have, cons- well, we're really a consulting firm, and, and several of our uh, consulting packages include in depth training for those wanting to learn how to broker freight or even get their own loads. We have a lot of trucking companies come to us. They come to us to get the training, but before it's done, they've already decided, hey, this is an extra added stream of revenue we can do, we can use. Not only are we going to be, ma- be making money from our trucks, but we're going to be making money off the loads we can broker as well. So it's a win-win deal. Most, if you ever notice the large trucking companies, the larger trucking companies, they all have a brokerage division. Why is that? You ever wonder? Yeah, it's a chance to make more money. But as a trucking company, they've gone out, knocked on doors. They acquired their own customer base. And the loads they want to haul, they put on their trucks. That's going to be the high-paying loads, obviously, the good loads they want. And the loads they'd rather not haul themselves, they are able to broker through their brokerage. So they're making money. See, once you say no to a load, it's gone forever. You, you can't make that money. Uh, you know, look at it. Even if you're, you know, you can't be too small either. Maybe you got one or two trucks, so What? You get out here, you get a couple of customers, two or three, four customers, that's going to keep your trucks busy all the time. And that's going to cut down, that should cut down immediately 50% of your brokerage use because you're going to have, you know, 50% going to be head hauls. You're you're hauling the loads from your customer out. You're only now using a broker to get back to your base of operations so that you can service your own customers and make more money. See what I mean? So maybe you got two, three, four trucks, maybe, you know, three, four, five customers, whatever, keeping your trucks busy. A load comes in, your your customer calls, hey, I got this load going from point A to point B. Do you want it? Well, your trucks aren't available. They're already out. They're on the road. Or maybe it's just one of those loads you wouldn't want to haul anyway. Now, you don't say no. You tell your customer, hey, yeah, you know, I can't put it on my truck, but I'll, I'll see if I can get somebody to haul it for you. And you're going to be able to make money off that load. Now, how does a broker make money? A broker makes money from the net of the load or the profit of the load. We call it load net. The difference between what the customer paid you to move a load and what you actually paid the truck. So if you had a load, 
going from point A to point B, your customer was paying $3,000. Maybe you found a truck to move that load for uh, $2,200, $800 profit on that load. See what I mean? Now, before you go off on the deep end, ah, there's a broker ripping us off, blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. You know, the broker went out and found the customer. They did the negotiation. They built, they built the relationship. They're offering, nine times out of ten, the broker is offering what the market is calling for at that point. Not always, but more times than not. But really, it comes down to the truck. The truck said, yeah, we'll do it. If the load's not paying enough and the truck did it anyway, well, that's not the broker's fault. That's the truck's fault. You know, I've always said this. The broker doesn't set the rates. The shipper doesn't set the rate. It's the truck that sets the rate. Believe me, if nobody will haul it for the rate that is being paid for the load, the rate's going to go up. I don't care if it's the broker through the broker or the uh, shipper. If the broker has everything they can into that load, in other words, what I'm getting at, that they, they are paying as much as they possibly can and still make a little bit of money on that load. They can't go up another penny. They'll have to go back to their customer. Hey, we're going to have to have more money to get that load out of here. Now, the customer, they may block a little bit, give it a, a day, see if they can get somebody else in there, You know, see if they can get somebody through one of their other brokers, maybe one of their other trucking companies that might want to haul it. But once they see that that load is not going anywhere, guess what? Guess what? They're going to go up on the rate. They don't have a choice. They've got to. So keep that in mind. Colette, that's the way you can approach a shipper. I hope that kind of helped answer your question. But I would recommend checking us out at Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. We have training and consulting packages designed for, well, like you are a licensed freight broker. We have uh, packages designed ex ex expressly for what you're doing. Those are the Freight Broker and the Freight Broker Plus packages. Somebody wanting to uh, start a career as a freight broker agent. In other words, a freight broker agent is one contracted and working under the license of a freight broker. So they're legal. That allows them to go out there and start acquiring customers. Moving loads, making money. And it's a process. So many people call. They understand, for the most part, that you know you don't start brokering today and start making money next week. It's a process. It can take weeks or even months before you start developing an income through your brokerage. It just doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of legwork involved. You know, as somebody I was talking to yesterday... You know, they they kept telling me, yeah, you know, we're willing to go face-to-face, -face, you know, if that helped. No, you don't, you know, this business as a broker, it's all pretty much done over the phone. I mean, if you want to get out, go out there and get face-to-face -face with a potential customer, that's up to you, but you don't need to. It's normal for the broker to make sales calls, and all the calls and business is done over the telephone. Just that simple. Sometimes I tell this story to my clients. I had a client 40 miles away from me, a lumber company, 40 miles south of me. Worked with Ed. His name was Ed. Worked with them, I don't know, for years. Sometimes talking to Ed three, four, five times a day. Depending on if I was moving a load or not. 
but generally speaking to him at least once a day to see what kind of loads he had, keep the relationship going, things of that nature. I knew that Ed had a girlfriend out in California. This is how the relationship had developed, you know. As you develop a relationship with a customer or people, you tend to learn personal things about that individual. Well, I knew he had a knew he had a girlfriend out in California. I would know when she was coming to town to spend a weekend or a week or whatever, he'd tell me about it because he'd be all excited. I also knew that she was scared to death of our thunderstorms, tornadoes, and such. Anytime it would thunder and lightning, she would crawl under his bed. I'm, I'm talking in the literal sense. She would crawl under his bed. I knew this. Well, one day, Ed popped the question. He popped the question. Of course, she said yes. So she was going to move from California to Arkansas. I knew she had rented a U-Haul truck. She had got a dolly for her little brown Toyota. She had to put telephone books in the seat so she could see over the dash. I knew she had her two dogs in the truck with her. I knew when she was on Interstate 40, she made it to Flagstaff. I knew when she made it to Amarillo, Oklahoma City. I knew when she had made it in. Right, we're in September, so this this was pretty much uh, 21 years ago. 9-11. 9-11 happened. And after 9-11, it caught up to, you know, my brokerage operation around, uh, oh, February of uh, 02. And things got really, really weird. If you were in the transportation industry at that time, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I decided to... Uh, Back away for a little bit, let things cool off, let things, let, 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 let it find its new normal, so to speak. Before I got into transportation and trucking and such, I used to be in radio. So I decided to go back to radio. I went to work, back to work for uh, Cumulus Broadcasting. I was a program director for one of their stations here locally. Now, the city of Fort Smith, that's where I'm located, the Civic Center, City Center, Auditorium, whatever you want to call it, where they have the concerts and such. They had hired a new entertainment director. And as, as a program director for the radio station, well, it was part of my job to create a relationship with that individual. So I called him up. I, I introduced myself. I said, hey, I'd like to take you out to lunch. Talk about a radio station, how we can work together, how we can help you. You know, standard radio station stuff. So it ended up myself, my station manager, the sales manager, a couple of radio salespeople. We all went to lunch. The entertainment director was there. And we started talking. You know, everybody talking. And she started talking about how she had... Uh, Moved here from California. She had had to put telephone, telephone books in the seat of the truck so she could see over the dash. She had to get a, a dolly for her little brown Toyota to pull behind the truck. She had her two dogs in the truck. And all this was adding up and it hit me. This is Ed's girlfriend, his fiance. <laughs> I just 
I just blurted it out. And you're scared to death of our thunderstorms. You literally crawl under a bed when there's a thunderstorm. And she turned ten shades of red. The hands went up over her face. Oh my gosh, how in the world did you know that? I go, Ed's your fiancé. She goes, yes, you know Ed. I go, no, I never met him. <laughs> I've never met him up until that point. Now, after that, I had. But that's what I'm talking about, these relationships. You can build these relationships. The better relationships you have with not only your customers, but carriers as well, well, kind of goes hand in hand. You're going to move more loads. You're going to be able to get more money. You're going to make more money on the load. See what I mean? It's easier to negotiate with someone that likes you rather than somebody that barely knows you exist. So keep that in mind. Hey, by the way, in case you didn't know, the month of September is uh, All-American Breakfast Month. And in uh, the South, where I'm at, All-American Breakfast consists of biscuits and gravy. Stuck on that. That's the month of September. And I've had my share this month. <laughs> it might might even be more in my future before too long. Also, this week is National Dog Week. You got a dog? Well, it's dog week. Take care of your dog. All right. Talking about breakfast here a minute ago. There has been a pie poll. P-I-E. Harris Poll surveyed 2,178 U.S. adults to find out what pies they love the most. And here are the top 12. Number 12, blueberry. Number 11, banana cream. Number 10, lemon meringue. Number 9, yeah, you've been thinking sweet. But number 9, chicken pot pie. A real chicken pot pie. I'm not talking about the kernel or the kind you get at the store and you pop in the mic. You know, I'm talking about the real deal. Boy, those are good. Coconut cream, key lime at 7. Pumpkin, that's going to be coming around uh, pretty quick, just around the corner. Pumpkin at number six. Number five, cherry. Pecan, number four, that's going to be coming up pretty quick too. At number three, chocolate, chocolate cream. Number two, pizza, pizza pie. And the number one pie, according to the Harris Poll, which surveyed 2,178 U.S. adults, was apple pie. Here are some more useless pie facts, in case you were wondering. 69% say the best part of the pie is the filling. 31% insist it's the crust. I like the crust, but it's not a pie without the filling. 25% of millennial men prefer pizza pie over every other kind of pie. Well, of course. <laughs> Give them 25 years. Let's see how that changes. 72% say they prefer sweet pies over savory. And when it comes to a dessert, everyone's pretty much split. 52% preferring cake, 48% opt for pie. So there you have it. The pie poll <laughs> from your FBTV podcast. All right, what else is going on? Let's see. Florida to spend $8.2 million to get uh, more truck drivers on the road. I don't care what you think of DeSantis or him sending private chat up to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, he announced that the state will spend uh, millions in order to expand CDL training opportunities as part of a workforce development initiative. 
Uh, last Thursday, DeSantis awarded $8.2 million to five state colleges to expand the capacity of CDO training programs by at least 1,200 students per year. Broward College got 2.6 mil, Daytona State College 1.3 mil, uh, Northwest Florida State College 1.5 mil, Valencia College 1.3 mil. So good for Florida, good for DeSantis. CDO training. I you know, you know I see this. I, I I see the stories about autonomous trucks, but yet I still see everybody spending money on trying to get more drivers. <laughs> Autonomous trucks, I think that's a joke. You know where I stand on that. But anyway, here's some more good news when it comes to trucking. Over 90% of drivers passed road check 2020 that uh, occurred back in May, May 17th through 19th. 94% of the drivers subjected to an international road check inspection this year were cleared of any out-of-service violations. The CVSA reports 59,026 inspections were conducted. That's a lot of inspections. 3,714 drivers were put out of service during the reception. Or the reception. <laughs> the, in, the inspection blitz. That's 6.2%. That's, uh, that's pretty good. A lot of people knew about it or they stayed home. Anyway. You know where I stand on that, man, whenever there's that CBSA thing, 72-hour road check, I stay home. Hey, if you don't have one already, uh, you need to get one. We have the uh, FBTV podcast mug. Get that on our website, Freight Broker TV, the FBTV podcast mug. It's available. Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You'll see it. Check out the website. Just go to our website at FreightBrokerTV.com. All right, I want to remind you, Q&A, you got a question, you want to comment, anything, yeah, send it to me, FBTV at Freight Broker TV. We will answer it here, and you'll probably hear us answer it on uh, YouTube as well at some future date. We have contact forms on our website, FreightBrokerTV.com, FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. That's our uh, email. Skype, you can find us on Skype. Do a search for FBTV. You can't miss us. We are there. So, uh, yeah, let us know if you have a question. Also, every Tuesday, I remind you, if you didn't see it, go back and look it up on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is Freight Broker TV. And you'll find the same videos on our website that are posted there because we got it linked somehow. But every Tuesday, Fuel Rates, Fuel and Rates Update video shows up on YouTube. What else? Oh, if you haven't, subscribe. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a thumbs up, five of them, five stars. Help us grow, okay? Leave a nice comment if you wish. That always is helpful, too. Spread the word. If you check out our website at taltoy.com and you have questions, feel free to uh, call me. My name is Mike, of course. So 479 All right. Wrap this thing up before we get out of here, before I forget. 230 million pounds of paper is used in America each year for this purpose. No, it's not toilet paper. Are you ready for this? Today's impossible question, the answer to today's impossible question, store receipts. 230 million pounds of paper is used in America each year for the receipts you get at the store or wherever you may get your receipt. <laughs> okay. 
Hey, it's Wednesday. We're midweek. Have a great rest of the week, unless, of course, you've made other plans. And I will talk to you. We'll talk again uh, next Wednesday right here on the FBTV podcast. Take care. <laughs>